Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp Around Verse Read Along and Analysis Podcast that sits out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we are continuing our timeline journey with The Lost Hero Story Break. I'm going to say this so badly. Olius <laughs> the Real Enemy which is from pages 402 to 440. As always, we've got our points to focus on. So today we've got gods, family, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. With our trio heading to Olius's to Olius with the hopes of his help, they find themselves being blasted into the sky and end up in California near Mount Diablo, where Piper's father is being held. But something more pressing is on their mind. They know who their enemy is, and it's the very earth itself. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's uh, not many, well, there's 40 pages in this specific section, but as is the theme with the Lost Hero, not much is happening in these chapters, but I've got a lot to talk about. Uh, before I dive in, though, I want to remind everyone here that if you want to get early access to every single episode of The Best Damn Camp, you can do so by going and heading over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran and go to The Best Damn Camp podcast Patreon here where you can get early access get involved with the podcast itself and all other bonus benefits so if you want to support this podcast that is the place to do so but moving on from self-promotions <laughs> let's dive in to this section and first up we've got jason's chapters overview jason reveals his bitter side after learning about his family's history as they head to the Wind God's palace, Jason reflects on what Leo said about him being a bridge. After insulting an aura nymph, our heroes ta- are taken to Olius, who unfortunately will likely try to kill them. With things surprisingly working in their favour with Olius, from accepting their gift to seeing how the weather works, he's been pretty helpful. With a word from Zeus, he... provides them with information to Piper's father's whereabouts and just as they're about to go a ride just as they're about to get a ride things go wrong a mysterious she tells Olius to kill them all but thankfully Melly the wind nymph helps to save them by blasting them into the sky and that's pretty much what happens in Jason's chapters. You can kind of see what I mean in that not much has happened. We've just, 
and this is the thing that I've been mentioning. I don't understand why they didn't firstly just either go to Olius in the first place, but they've just been travelling across the country and kind of not really gaining anything. Like, they don't really gain any information from Olius except for the one bit about the fact that Jason had been there the previous year to do with battling a sea monster um, that he mentions, like, Greek na uh, Roman names again in reference to Jason. And that's kind of it. Like, there's nothing else. We don't see, like... Olia seemingly changing to a Roman side, if he's an, if he even has one, it just feels a little bit. Well, like this chapter, just like there's these two chapters with Olius, and then, you know, we kind of leave. Like it just feels a bit random, if I'm honest. But to feedback on Jason's chapters, besides that part of why why was these chapters necessary, I'm not sure how I feel about so this is the thing so we open up with Jason being sad that Talia is gone like he found a sister and lost a sister within an hour and like that's kind of sad but it's not even really that sad he's more bitter and kind of a little bit angry about the whole situation I don't know how I feel about this because he, he just feels like he's been a bit hard on Talia even though he's just met her like I know it's hard to learn about your past when you yourself can't actually remember about it uh, remember it and know that also your past is actually really awful. But he even heard how awful it was for Ty, who had to actually live through it. He doesn't have memories of this. Even now after being told, he doesn't have memories of it. He just knows what he's been told and he feels like he's been burdened with that knowledge of having a mum who was awful and a sister who didn't look for him, which, you know, even he said, I know that's not fair because she thought I was dead. But then he kind of still doesn't give her a break by basically being like, oh, no wonder she chose to leave her Zeus side, you know, behind her and get Artemis as a new mother figure, which Artemis isn't a mother figure. Like, that <laughs> feels really random that he said, oh, she's got a new mum in Artemis. And she doesn't see Artemis as a mother. <laughs> she sees her as a leader, but not as a mother. That's weird. Also, Artemis looks their age, and I know he doesn't know this, but that was just a really weird thing of saying that she's replaced their awful mother with a new mother in Artemis and leaving all of her responsibility when he's now being burdened with the responsibility that she's, in a sense, given to him, which just doesn't feel fair to her. Like, he doesn't know anything about this person, and he's kind of blaming her for things that aren't in her control and kind of getting angry and bitter about things that he now knows kind of again he doesn't really know he just knows what she's told him he doesn't actually have any memories to go off he's just going off of what she's told him i don't know it just it felt really weird for him to be in this really bitter mood towards talia like if anything i think it would have been bitter towards hera and zeus more so but like there's a lot of there's a lot of things towards Talia that I'm not liking in how he's approaching it. It could just be the wording, I don't know if other people are going to notice this, but it did just feel really weird that those first two pages of his chapters were him complaining about having this burden that Talia oh, was able to leave behind, but now I've got it all. Like, dude, come on now. Like, she even told you what she's been through. Which seems like she's been through a hell of a lot more than you have currently, other than the amnesia thing aside. And you're kind of getting... I don't know, I just don't really appreciate it. It just feels really whiny. Like, proper like, oh, 
Why was me with all these? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it without offending someone. Um, well, offending men particularly. But anyway, let me move on <laughs> to Jason being dumb instead. Um, Jason has so many moments of seemingly really intelligent, of being really intelligent, considering he's got amnesia. He has intellectual moments, but he had an intellectual moment and then was dumb immediately afterwards. Like, he describes Melly, who is the, uh, the aura, aura? Yeah, I'll say aura, um, who is like a wind nature nymph. And he says that she looks like a nature nymph because of her like pointy ears, like her ageless face, all these sorts of things. And he's saying she looks like one. And then almost immediately after, asks her, if she's a ghost boy you have just said she looks like a nature nymph and then suddenly you've gone from nymph to ghost H how have you managed to mess that up when you got it right the first time and then went completely the opposite direction it's just so that was so random <laughs> i don't understand how that happened but then in general also this is just an aside for this chapter which was really interesting so when Olius gets like a message from this she who does not have a name currently but we know is Gaia he says that he has no choice but to obey this woman because of the natural order and like hierarchy so he can't listen to Zeus he has to listen to Gaia because Gaia is like the firstborn quote-unquote and it just made me think cause that just feels like such a huge plot hole because if Gaia is higher up in the hierarchy is technically well not technically she is the grandmother of the gods she has power over them so how are the main gods not falling to obeying her it seems like they are in some cases because like zeus has done some stupid things Hera's done some stupid things but like that doesn't actually become a main point of the book like the gods don't seem to be struggling with fighting against gaia like uh, of like fighting to not be on her side like they they seem perfectly happy and capable of knowing that they are you know the ones who are meant to be in control but this here just makes it seem like that they should be struggling with not falling to doing her bidding because she is older than them she has more power over them due to this natural order hierarchy so it feels like a plot hole because surely anyone sh could and should be influenced by Gaia because of the fact that she is the oldest immortal being does that feel like a plot hole it feels like a plot hole but i don't know what do you guys think but um that's the only feedback that i had for jason's chapters if i'm honest because not much happened that has engaged me much with jason's chapters which i feel like is the main thing with jason's chapters they just don't feel interesting so let's go into the most interesting character in this book so far piper and here is Piper's chapter's overview. As Piper dreams of her first night kissing Jason, her mother pays her a visit. Her mother provides her with answers, or at least as best as she can, about Jason, about Tristan, her father, and even hints towards their enemy. The doors of death are open, and the patron of the bad guys is the one letting them through. Aphrodite has many good points, the main one being 
Love is a part of every choice we make. Then the true enemy's name is revealed. Gaia, Mother Earth. Waking up, our gang find themselves in California and with new threads. And Mount Diablo is nearby. The only issue now is, how do you fight against the Earth when it's all around you? And that is the overview for Piper's chapters. And finally, things are moving. We have the name. I know I've been complaining for like weeks now as to not understanding how Piper, who has done all this research for her dad's movies, not figured it out that it was Gaia. And as we find out in this one, she did. She just didn't say it. And I'm like, that's a bit plot convenient. But, but you know, I'll let them get away with it because, you know, dramatic reveal situation but come on we are 440 pages in it's a bit much but I am very much impressed and I love that it's Piper who figures it out because Piper is the only valid character in this book who actually contributes many things um but then we also get this interesting part from Aphrodite about Tristan McLean Piper's dad and the reason why he didn't know well it's basically the reason why she left all these sort of things and it's that piper's dad would not cope with the knowledge of knowing that the gods are real and even piper has to admit yeah that's really true like he there's an entire quote that we get earlier in the book of him saying if he found out that there were gods were real he doesn't think he'd sleep at night because he'd always be looking for someone to blame and it makes a lot of sense and I just I really love Aphrodite and I'm really annoyed still that she's it's taking this long for her to get you know the proper spotlight that she deserves for being the most powerful god but also the fact that even when she ha she makes this incredible speech this like she gives all this information to Piper helps her figure it out as well so she's not all just giving the information Piper is figuring it out herself which isn't we've not really had much of like when Percy was kind of learning information Percy Jackson oftentimes he was being given the information like hand fed the info at least Piper is figuring most of it out the only thing that <laughs> annoys me with this is that Aphrodite has this incredible rousing speech and then Piper still insults her by saying when uh, basically after Aphrodite says like you are going to be the, the key to making sure everything works out and that we succeed and Piper says, what can I do, basically, other than dress pretty and sweet talk Gaia? And I'm like, girl, you've just heard everything your mum said, which is basically showing that love is the most powerful weapon and that you have skills, you have the power. Stop insulting your mother just because you don't understand how femininity can be powerful. Because femininity... It's the most powerful goddamn thing in this world. The power of beauty and love. It is literally the one thing that drives every single person. It is the most powerful thing. It's the thing that starts wars. It's the things that end wars. It's the things that human compassion come from. To insult. And this is the thing. Why does this series. And this is what pisses me off to this day about Heroes of Olympus. And just the Ryan versus the Hulk is that they take the piss out of Aphrodite at every chance they get we have this beautiful moment with Aphrodite here later on the series that's fucked up and they destroy Aphrodite's character again and again when it suits the plot usually in ways that don't even make sense like 
as I've mentioned in previous episodes, Blood of Olympus, when she's fighting, she's throwing goddamn flowers at the enemy. This love is war. Why is she throwing flowers? Come on. Put some respect in Aphrodite's name. And that's where I'm going to go into the gods mythology situation afterwards because it took a while. At least we're getting some respect in my girl's name. Like, Aphrodite in this chapter is shown as the most capable god right now in this series. And probably in the whole series so far. Other than maybe Hestia and Artemis, like Aphrodite has actually provided more information than anyone else to our heroes. She's helped guide them to the real enemy properly, and also letting Piper figure it out on her, like her her own as well, whilst guiding her to that answer. She's not giving her the answer; she's guiding her to it in the best way. And she even gives Piper a pep talk. It doesn't work because Piper's got some real like self-esteem issues. But like, she does it. I'm still not a fan of the Aphrodite, like slander of her children, and Piper still being a little bit misogynistic even after Aphrodite's speech and proving her worth. But it's incredible to see that we're finally getting some positive, just some positive visuals and sh- just <laughs> some positive aspects to Aphrodite as a character and a god like I like that we also get the bigger background of Aphrodite as a character too like she is the oldest most powerful Olympian born before all the other Olympians from the ocean god making her a child of the most powerful like being in existence giving her the same level of power as the giants and the titans something that none of the other gods could even consider the fact that she's not considered a powerful god is the biggest goddamn joke if i'm honest (sighs) my god i've kind of ranted about aphrodite there i've got a whole video about aphrodite on my youtube channel honestly aphrodite and Ares are the ones who get screwed over the most in the percy jackson series and it really irritates me Because, like I said, Aphrodite is the most powerful. Yes, she does some pretty terrible things in actual mythology, but she's still the most powerful god and she's been reduced down to, like, just to just beautiful and airheaded more often than not. And it's just an insult. Like, just because someone is feminine, just because someone is beautiful, doesn't mean that they are not capable. And that's something that's been a consistent visual in the Ryodenverse, is that if you are pretty, you are worthless. And I hate it so much. It's such an insult to female readers. And it's one thing that I I actually hate about the Ryodenverse books, because all of the books have this. Anyone who is showing an interest in femininity is automatically, you know, not that great as a character or they die or they're not they're an asshole and just come on can we not have female heroes who also enjoy wearing dresses or wearing things that are stylish not even necessarily dresses you can wear a stylish outfit which is jeans and a shirt like you can still be stylish and beautiful and still you know kick ass (laughs) But it's something that's never shown in this series. And I know it's written by a man. I know. But it's just, like, you have Aphrodite. The most powerful goddess. The most 
like capable the one who makes the most sense for being kind of the most terrifying in a sense but also someone that everyone should respect but no one respects Aphrodite in this series and I do not understand it <laughs> like the amount of shipping that happens even in the books like they like all the campers shipped Percy and Annabeth and yet they all do not respect the Aphrodite cabins the cabin like how how, how are you gonna ship people and like shit on Aphrodite at the same time like I do not understand <sighs> Oh god, I started ranting again. I did not sorry, I don't I know I don't I know I say I never intend to rant. It's a lie, I often do, but the Aphrodite thing this is the one the one main thing that I want to see fixed in the series. And that is not having Aphrodite be portrayed as an airhead from the start. She is a capable, terrifying goddess. Put respect on it for the love of God gods sorry for the love of gods but to move on to the other point which is about family and obviously the main thing i want to talk about here is piper and her dad now, we've been leading into this for a little while now um of piper's anxiety about her father trying to understand where he is trying to figure out how to in a sense not betray her friends but also betray her friends so she can save her father's life and even trying to figure out the whole situation with it like even Aphrodite mentions that she may need to use this potion that her mum has provided her to wipe her father's memories of everything that happened because he is traumatized his mind is being broken and I'll talk about this a little bit more actually because we we see this happen with Tristan in the later books and there's even mention of this happening in Magnus where there is a character, I don't want to go into too much detail, also I've forgotten the character's name, who is shown the world of Norse mythology in that case and their mind nearly implodes. It could have literally killed them seeing the reality of mythology being real. And that's something that's clearly happening to Tristan, like his own mind is collapsing on itself from just not being able to face the reality of what is going on. And so Aphrodite has provided Piper with an out of basically saving her father because her father is not strong enough to deal with what is happening here. I really like, I like that there is this reality of it because I know if I found that, well, that Greek gods were real, I probably would freak out. I would not take it well because, well, I'm an atheist. Uh, <laughs> And also just the idea that mythological beings could be real. It just, it's like what he said, like you'd be trying to figure out a way to blame someone for all the things that go wrong in your life, all the things that go wrong in the world. And that's not helpful. Blaming someone doesn't help change things. So that's why I think it's interesting that when we're heading into this kind of the confrontation of what's happened to Piper's dad, that we're kind of not getting that much there other than the interaction with Aphrodite about her father. We've not had anything else really to do. Like we obviously had her telling her friends, you know, the proper situation of what was going on there. But other than that, I feel like we've not heard enough about her father for us to really kind of feel the weight and the anxiety and the terror of not knowing whether they're going to save her dad in time not 
this I feel like it's not been built up enough. Like we've had more focus of her of her relationship with Jason than her relationship with her father. Literally, like, her chapters start with her having a dream about her and Jason's first kiss, which is fake, by the way. It's a fake dream. It Like, I would have preferred we'd started with it, with her being in the dream with her mum. Like, that would have been a much more interesting thing because it takes away the focus from Jason because, honestly, why do we care about this plank of wood? But also, it gives more focus to her father again. Like we're going into the chat we're going in next week into the section to do with her father's kidnapping and like the terror of that situation and Piper is still having dreams and kind of focusing a bit more on Jason like even the ending part of these chapters is her thinking about how her mum was right yeah Jason needs no improvement because he's bloody gorgeous and I'm like come on now he's he's like any generic white blonde boy that you could see he's like a generic Disney actor like all actually that's basically all Disney actors most Disney actors are like white and blonde but um like there's nothing distinct about him other than that little scar on his lip like it just they keep trying to tell us about how attractive Jason is and oh my god Piper is so smitten I'm like woman girl (laughs) your dad is on the mountain nearby and you're still focusing on Jason's attractiveness instead of the fact that your father is nearby and you need to figure out a plan on how to save him. They do kind of get an idea as to a plan, but like, I really wish that whole, these whole chapters of Piper's had nothing to do with Jason and that they were just focusing on her father. This is, this is basically the one negative that I have about Piper and Piper's chapters in general is that I don't understand why she doesn't focus on her father especially in the most recent chapters when they know his location we know what could well we have an idea of what could happen we like things are being explored but all the past couple of sections all she's done is focus on jason even though the deadline's incoming the deadline to save her father is literally within a few hours from now i just feel like the priorities that she's been given in this story are really really weird like her priority should be her father and yet her father so often ends up in the back of even my mind as a reader like so often I forget about her dad being kidnapped because she like has her POVs focus so much more on Jason than they do about her captive father like the priorities there do not match like it's really poor characterization if I'm honest I'm I'm really disappointed it's the first time we've had a female well in the timeline obviously female pov character from the own verse and their characterization is just really poor i mean all the characters in the lost hero their characterizations are poor but piper is the one that i feel the most disappointed about because like i said she consistently has the most potential but it's ruined by consistently trying to put her with a plank of wood and have her focus so solely on this plank of wood when there's actual real priorities she should be focusing on i.e. kidnapped father knowing who her mother is fear of betraying others like those are the big things those are the big things about her character and they just don't feel like they've been focused on enough but to move on just this section as a whole there is so much promise with it but the issue is, and this is what I'm going to be mentioning a lot with The Lost Hero, is that it just, other than Piper's chapters, 
so much of this book should have been cut so much of this book like we should have just had like they're going back to san francisco as well so they were just like they were near san francisco they like i don't know they weren't i don't know anything about american landscape it just i don't the whole thing i don't even remember what's happened in this book and i read so much of it in a short period of time and so close together that i shouldn't be forgetting things but i am and that's a problem the book is so long that i'm forgetting things that have like important elements that have happened because just so much is happening whilst nothing is progressing it shouldn't be take it shouldn't be taking nearly 500 pages for the main point of the book to actually happen but that's the situation well 450 pages i guess but it's like well by the end of the next segment we are closer to 500 pages and we still haven't gotten to the main points of the book we've just found out the enemy's name and we're 440 pages in we've just discovered the enemy's name that's absolutely insane like, i honestly don't understand like at this point we were like <laughs> comparing it to percy jackson we would have just been starting on the titan's curse by this point with this many pages well that's probably a bit of an exaggeration but still like it just feels like so many things have been dragged out in this book and so many things could have been removed like we didn't need uh, what's this thing? the gold king we didn't need Midas we didn't need his storyline technically we didn't even need Olius we just needed the north wind god and the north wind god to direct them to where they needed to go which is Detroit because the spirit the I don't know there's a way to work it without this dragging so much like why did we need to see so many different gods like everyone should know about Olius as well why didn't they just go directly to Olius I don't know, there's just, there's so many things that happen in this book and none of them feel important and that's, that is not a good way for a book to go everything should feel important there's so many things that happen just don't and this is just another one, like I said, other than Piper's chapters, none of this feels important none of it at all and that's just that's, it's sad it's really sad because Heroes of Olympus had such potential as a series, but the fact that this is the opening book, the only reason I know that I actually, when I was first reading these books, the only reason why I know I finished them so quickly is because I was just powering through them. Like, I didn't enjoy The Lost Hero the first time I read it, I just powered through because I wanted to get through the series because I was enjoying the series. Like, I'd love Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I wanted to see what happened with their journeys in Heroes of Olympus and then just power through that and catch up with everything else that was coming out afterwards. But I know that I was disappointed with The Lost Hero. I still am. The only saving grace for me with The Lost Hero is that we finally have a positive portrayal of Aphrodite as a goddess. Which is what I'm going to get into with the question of the episode because I'm going to finish my tirade now, I promise. (laughs) So this week's question of the episode is Aphrodite is a goddess who's been poorly presented consistently in this series but we finally see her powerful side so how do you feel about aphrodite as a character obviously this question will be going up on all of our social media the day after this episode airs so on the thursday so um yeah comment your thoughts on uh the social media and instagram twitter or email in email in your thoughts as well 
Uh, yeah, as always, thank you all for joining me for this story segment. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Raw Inverse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audioboom, Stitcher, Deezer, and basically wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com or if you want, you can become a podcast patron over at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for early access and other exclusive perks. If you want to support my own writing, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. And again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter. I'll see, so I'll speak to you guys next time. To live.